Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. And today we're going to talk about the Ice Age. But before we do that, we should probably mention there's been some news. There's there been a little bit of news. A little bit of news. So the first previews for Dominaria United and Dominaria's United Commander is out. We've got a lot of lore stuff here already. There's going to be something called Legends Retold, which is a sort of box topper where they've reinvented the um, many of the legends from Legends, about 20 of them. So a little less than half of the legends from Legends will be in here. Including one Planeswalker, which I'm so glad they mentioned. Yeah, it's a, it's a mystery. I wonder who it could be. Also, uh, Ramirez DiPietro, who we talked about on the last episode, two episodes ago. I don't remember. It's all a blur. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's, now, it's now his third card. So that's yeah, fun. Ramirez De Pietro 3.0. That reminds me, I have to add him to my 3.0 list. He, he's in the 3.0 club. Only took 30 years. So we, I mean, we're gonna ha- we're gonna be talking about Dominari United for several months. So we'll we'll talk more about those in a very specific episode. We didn't talk about some of them like Jasmine Boreal or Tor Waki in our Time of Legends episode. Those are those legends that's like. They have stories, but they're more like minor characters. Um, we'll talk about them more when we get to like flavor gems and, and, and those kinds of episodes later on. There's also another bit of news, which I'm not going to talk about here because it hasn't been revealed yet. <laughs> well, well then why did you even bring it up, Jay? <laughs> you, 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 you know, you might, you might want to check, uh, you might want to check my, my Twitter, what I, what I tweet on Friday. Just, just saying. You mean what you tweeted on Friday? What I tweeted on Friday, which will now be public by the time you right, listen so, to this. So if Chris is gonna if Chris is gonna uh help with your temporality of statements here, uh, I'm gonna do the the marketing thing and remind you to say what your Twitter at is so people know <laughs> oh, where to go. Good to call. look on your Twitter. It's at at J thirteen X. J A Y the number thirteen and the letter X. Yeah. You should check it out. We'll talk. Anyway, <laughs> for now, such a waste of time. <laughs> let's talk about incredible. <laughs> so I, I just want to say, real quick, messed up. So Jasmine Boreal's new card is Jasmine of the Seven, which is a different of the Seven than the Seven Heads of the Houses of Banalia. And why is Dominaria like this? Uh, can we stop <laughs> doing things in books, in, in, in sets of seven, just because the friggin' Bible did? If you're going to do things in sets of seven, do it because the Vex do it. Because Destiny 2 is great. Count to seven with your friends, anyway. Alright, let's talk about the Ice Age. So, when we talk about the Ice Age, we got to include these two other uh, time periods in there as well. So, we're going to talk a little bit about Fallen Empires in the Dark. Oh! And a lot about the Ice uh, see, Age itself. Th- it w- this, this, this would help if I actually looked at our agenda, huh? Uh, <laughs> I feel like there's like a whole section here that you're going to want to talk about. Oh, I'll just take the Fallen Empire <laughs> section. I got this. So... For what I should mention here is the Ice Age was caused by the end of the Brothers' War. We're going to talk a lot about the Brothers' War at the end of the year, so we're not going to get into it right now, except for at the very end, 
Urza detonates the Golgothian Silex, and it creates this massive explosion, which like fractures Teresier and ushers in this climate change. Uh, oh, the winter slowly ushered in over a few decades. Like Dominaria is isolated with eleven other planes in the shard in the multiverse, the shard of twelve worlds, which we'll talk a little bit about later. So there's there's a lot there's a lot going on there, but. Uh, the first effects are felt just a few centuries after the end of the Brothers' War in Fallen Empires and the Dark. So, Fallen Empires takes place in 170 AR. The Brothers' War ends, I think it's 54 AR? I should have looked that up. I thought it was like 62 oh or something. It, it, no, it's 64 AR. So, yeah, because yeah, the Brothers are old by then. I mean, so, if you count 64 as old... I mean, I mean, it's no 65. You're right. <laughs> um, well, only some of Mishra was 64 at that time. Wow. <laughs> he, he had some much younger parts, too, I'm sure. And probably some older ones. It, it ends around 63, 64 um, AR. That's in the Argivian Reckoning. Uh, so basically, the time frames on Dominaria are from when Urza is born, the year Urza is born, uh, which is zero AR. And the war ends when he is 63 or 64, which is, um, and the reason I say 63 or 64 is because it happens on like New Year's night or something silly. <laughs> so it's like, depending on what's, yeah, it, it can get okay. a little confusing, okay. but basically it's 60 something years. History is written by the winners. Oh, it's called the Argivian Reckoning because it's based on the year Urza was born. It's also based on the year Mishra was born, and he never gets credit for that <laughs> dating system either. Uh, so. Also, were they were they born on New Year's? Because you said like it happened on like New Year's, and that's why we don't know if he's sixty three or sixty four. But I'm imagining there was a calendar system before they were born, even if it wasn't. We're, the no, year. no, no, no. We no. We've talked about the Brothers' War too much already. We'll get into <laughs> okay, Sarpedia. We'll, we'll get into PF or whatever it is later. Sarpedia. So yeah, we're now a hundred years after the Brothers' War. Uh, so Sarpedia, the Australia of Dominaria, because it's a isolated small continent in the Southern Ocean. Uh, this is this is the setting for our climate change set, Fallen Empires, which catalogs the uh, the the fallout of this uh, uh, looming ice age uh, and uh, um, the the social dynamics of the continent that. Uh, each of its great civilizations buckles under. Uh, so it establishes uh, five civilizations, the, the human uh, nation of Acacia, the Vodalian Empire of Merfolk uh, in the ocean surrounding the continent, the Order of the Ebon Hand, which is a, a, a loose cult of uh, Torak worshippers, uh, the dwarves, uh, which, depending on the sources you read, are either live in the northern mountains or the southern mountains, uh, and the elves of the Havenwood Forest. Um, and so, tragedy strikes when an armies of orcs and goblins overrun the dwarves and basically bring their empire to a collapse. Um, this has... Uh, uh, this uh, stretches Acacia's military forces... Uh, they're trying to fight the Ebon Hand because the Ebon Hand is a bunch of black mana using uh, warlocks and they're a bunch of white mana using clerics. So we're doing the old good versus evil fight 
type thing that fantasy does and that magic taps into a lot. Uh, but at the same time, Acacia is trying to fight off these goblins and orcs now. And uh, the uh, a, a religious fanatic named uh, uh, Oliver Farrell um, uh, creates a revolution that uh, kind of a schism in Acacian uh, religious military tactics and says, hey, we need to start like butchering our enemies to win some battles. And it gets very aggressive and uh, Acacia is weakened from within and overrun by those orcs and goblins. Uh, meanwhile, the elves can't grow any food, so they invent a slave race of funguses called phallids and are like, hey, we're gonna eat you now. And the phallids are like, Actually, we're thinking, feeling sapient beings, and we don't want to get eaten, so we're going to murder you now. And so they do. Um, the cold waters are bringing in uh, the lobster folk, the Homerids, into the Voldalians' uh, shallower empire. Uh, and so this huge war is raging beneath the waves that nobody really knows about on land. Uh, Vodalia is crushed. And uh, their uh, empress, Galena III, is forced to retreat through a portal through time and space that takes her 3,000 years into the future to the other side of the world. Uh, and that's a whole thing. Um, and the Ebon Hand... It sure is. I, the fact that there's actually a story for that is wild to me. Did you uh, did you see the, the, the Spell Pierce art that they promote today? It's got some, some Vodalians doing some magic. That's because it's on Dominaria, and that's who the Merfolks is. Um, anyway, the Order of the Ebon Hand is like, hey, what if instead of having our junior members do all our ritual and sacrifice work, we, like, created a slave race of of, of creatures, of uh, kind of, they're, like, little flesh critters called thralls. Uh, they're like flesh golems. Yeah, sort of. Gole they're, they're not zombies, but they're animated flesh. I wouldn't call them a golem. I'd call them like flesh elementals more. They're magically created flesh horrors. Uh, anyway. So you're telling me we just throw a bunch of flesh onto Omnath and that's how he gets the fifth color? Uh, no, I'm telling you that uh, best, the lesson really of the set is don't create a sapient slave race and use them and brutally murder them because they will revolt and kill you. Uh, and so the entirety of Sarpedia collapses and nobody goes there anymore. Yep. Good times. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so then about a century and a half later, we get into the dark. So back on mainland Teresier. Uh, what civilization existed during the Brothers' War has kind of fallen apart. Everything's turned into these fractious city-states um, that are founded basically in the ruins or what's left of these major cities. <clears throat> uh, the people have completely turned against anything to do with magic or artifice because they blame the Brothers for the climate changing and everything that's happening. Everything bad that's happening right now. Uh, the Church of Tall... Uh, is the dominant faith of the time. It is a not-so-subtle Catholic Church allegory because it's, you know, the dark, like the Dark Ages. Uh, and yeah, things are not going great. So there are also these goblin crusades where uh, basically pe people are getting riled up into going battling these goblins who are fighting for territory, coming down from the mountains, and they're getting slaughtered, and it's a whole thing. We don't need to get too much into that. The church does a racist war, is what happens. It's super not great. 
Oh, and you're trying to tell me that these are Catholic analogs? Yeah. And so then uh, we get into the novel, The Gathering Dark. This novel is takes place about uh, 400 and, you know, I'll just say it takes place in 430 AR. So the dark itself t- starts around 300 AR. Um, by the time we get to The Gathering Dark, this has been going on for over 100 years. Uh, Joda is born into this. Joda is one of the characters from the cover of the Dominare United Key Art. Um, he is a, at the time, he is just a teenager who is with his um, kind of hedge mage wizard mentor. Um, but they don't even understand like the difference between colors of magic yet. So his mentor, uh, I think his name is Vasca, is a pyromancer, but uh, Joda is not. And he's still trying to teach Joda magic. It's a whole thing. Uh, but his mentor, they end up getting caught by the Church of Tal, and Joda has to go on the run. Uh, while this happens, there's a lot that happens in this where he goes from these city states and he tries to hide who he is and escape the church. Uh, he ends up getting enlisted in one of these crusades against the goblins and gets separated from his unit and lost in this ancient city and falls into a fountain while hiding from some goblins. And turns out, we learn later, that was the Fountain of Youth. (laughs) So that is why Joda still looks so young. Uh, He is only aged a few years, maybe a decade in the last 4,000 years. Uh, Joda eventually finds himself at the Conclave of Mages. He thinks he's safe. He's found a place to finally learn magic where he's safe. Except there are some bad guys here. So the Conclave was... um, the previous leader of the Conclave, If, was overthrown by one of his students, Marcel the Pretender. Uh, and so Marcel is now in control, and it's kind of become tyrannical under him. He wants to open up a portal to Phyrexia, because it turns out the Conclave of Mages is founded on top of the Monastery of Gix from the Brothers' War. Uh, and there may or may not have been a portal to Phyrexia there. Who knows? Uh, but in any case, he ends up learning that Joda is a descendant of Urza and Mishra. Uh, one of them. We'll, we'll talk about in the Brothers War what that means. But he's definitely a descendant <laughs> of the Brothers. <laughs> definitely not brothers. So Definitely not both of them. So we can. De- he is we, a blood relation. We can definitively say that he's a descendant of Harbin, right? He is 100% a descendant of Harbin. And Jarsil. I, he, yeah, so... Yeah, so there is a character named Jarsil who is a wizard during the dark who ends up going to Phyrexia and having like uh, and exploring it and getting back alive. Uh, Jarsil is Joda's either grandfather or great grandfather or a couple times removed. Jarsil is also Kayla bin Krug's grandson and Harbin's son, uh, which is joda's son most likely at least very least the boy joda who raises that may or may not have been fathered by his brother it's a whole thing it's not the best or yeah 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 that's what i mean i feel like if you if you accidentally called uh joda urza or urza joda either way they'd probably kill you yeah both of them would not be happy because they're very opposite personalities in any case back to the conclave of mages Marisol discovers this because Joda mentions his uh, relative, his his um, ancestor, Jarsal, and he wants to basically drain Joda of his blood and use it to activate the gate, um, which would make 
a sense if Joda was related to, say, Mishra, who was completed at the end of the Brothers' War and was completely Phyrexianized and may or may not have had access. But that's a whole other thing that we'll, we can talk about another time. Uh, in any case, in order to escape this fate, Joda, along with um, another mage uh, who ends up being his wife later, that we don't, that she doesn't have a legendary card, so we won't get into her. Uh, they free Ith, who's been trapped in this cage uh, over top, like this bottomless pit beneath the conclave. And once Ith is free, uh, he ends up going Super Saiyan. <laughs> like he's like flying through the conclave, going after Marisol to kill him. Uh, and he ends up doing it just as the Church of Tall catches up with Joda and ransacks the conclave. Joda and his future wife end up escaping to this secret other wizard school that's much nicer, uh, called, um, I think at the time it was like called the City of Shadows, but it's the, the school on Latinam, which will be a little important later. So that's the last that we know of the dark. There is a novel that takes place during the dark. It is not relevant to any overarching plot, so we're not going to get into it. Now let's talk about... Yeah, now we jump 2,000 years into the future. <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> Basically. Uh, so then we go into the Ice Age. The Ice Age itself settles in around 450 AR. What little civilization there is basically crumbles to a few holdout, holdout uh, settlements, civilizations. Yeah, there's a lot of city-states and nomadic tribes in this period. So the big one that's worth noting is Storgard. So around 2434 AR, so yeah, we just jumped from 430 AR to 2000 years later, uh, it's the fall of Storgard. So Tevish Zat, who was involved in the Fallen Empires, uh, still wants some more empires Oh, I guess, fall. I guess, yeah, that was probably an important thing to mention during Fallen Empires, is Tev Tevlonglade's transformation into Tevish Zat, uh, a planeswalker hellbent on eliminating all life and silencing Dominaria for once and once and for all. Yeah, he's a pretty important villain throughout the Ice Age and uh, later in the Phyrexian invasion. <laughs> it's important to note at this point, he is trapped. All planeswalkers who are in the Shard of Twelve Worlds, which includes Dominaria, are now trapped there. They can't leave to the wider multiverse again. Uh, so Zot, he ends up, uh, he influences the king and kind of causes this civil war amongst the, the, the remnants of the Storgard city. Uh, two champions end up fighting each other. One is Freilis, a half-elf pyromancer, and uh, the other is Jason Carthalian, who is a descendant of Karth the Lion, who was friends with Dakon Blackblade, and the ancestor of uh, Jared Carthalian, who was just previewed as he's going to have a commander deck in the upcoming set. He's the very Fabio legend from, uh, I, <laughs> from I love, a set We're going to talk more about that art when we talk about DMU, but holy hell, I love his art. Uh, it's anyway, beautiful. Anyway, the important part here is, uh, I believe Jason kills Freilis? Yeah, Jason ends up defeating her? Kills, uh, in quotes, because this is like right before she sparks as a planeswalker. So, yeah, basically, during this whole thing, Freilis's, uh Planeswalker Spark ignites. In respect for Jason, uh, who is a green mage, uh, Freilis also becomes a green mage and focuses entirely on that. 
she also never mentions she becomes like a patron god of elves yeah uh, she does not mention that she is a half elf to them though because she has some uh, mm-hmm. el- elvish supremacist tendencies yeah uh, <laughs> i love i love how quickly i made the two yes from, from Brian. Like one excited and one dejected like, I'm, i just love her nature angel look in the like, old comics she has wings made of vines and this like big fancy hat i think it's a great look i think you should bring it back in depictions of her agreed so we're gonna jump forward another 500 years yes basically there's 2000 years of dominaria and magic history that's just straight up nothing really important happens it is what it is uh basically in that period of time is just urza stuff happens elsewhere i I believe somewhere in this 2500 years before the word spell other than the fall of storgard like the only other major and it's not even a major event is the uh trapping of merit lage yes yeah that's that happens around the same time as the fall of storgard maybe a little later i believe yeah uh i could just look at my timeline but i'm not going to Sometime in those 2,500 years, Merit Lage is imprisoned in Dominaria. Yay! Ta-da. It's never her, but, like, you know, she's there. Never. All right, so now we're fast-forwarding to 2934 and the events that end the Ice Age uh, in an event called the World Spell. Uh, so what you should know about this period of time Wait, is on. two major... Hold on. I'm actually looking at the agenda now. We just skipping over... The 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 summit of the null moon? Oh no! Are you doing this to I was, me? No, the summit. We can we can we can squeeze it in there. Squeeze it into other notable stuff. We'll put summit of the null moon. <laughs> no, 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 because this happens before the world. Because that spell. happens. It happens about the same time. It's like an a a, a parallel telling. Well, let's just we'll it get to that like part. Right before. And, yeah, it's 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 somewhat parallel. We'll we'll talk about it. I can second. do it real quick. I can do it real quick. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about it when we get there. No, right, right now. So I'll the, do it right now. No, I gotta set the stage first. Oh my lord! The stage is a bunch of planeswalkers <laughs> want to get the hell out of the shard of the twelve worlds. Yeah. Okay. Just just go ahead. Just go. Ahead. So this jackass named Farallon invites a bunch of planeswalkers to the Null Moon, the artificial moon that's a Thran machine, uh, and it's like y'all. I know we all hate each other, but uh, I found a way to get us out of Dominaria. Uh, it involves opening a portal to this plane called Chandelar, which wanders through the multiverse and is going to be overlapping the shard. It's the only thing that can do this. Um, and everyone's like, okay, cool. How do we do that? And Farallon's like, we need a lot of energy. Also, remember all the reasons y'all hate each other? And everyone is like, yeah, that's correct. And a huge duel breaks out in space across various planes within the shard uh because farallon's like hey one of you is gonna die today and i'm gonna use the power of your dying planeswalker spark to open a portal and escape which happens when uh this is when chromium is or uh ravidel is killed is chromium killed here too ravidel is killed and then i think chromium ends up giving his life to restore him or something like that uh anyway that energy chromium dies here that that energy farallon uses to escape uh and then he's not on dominaria so i guess who cares he dies shortly after from hubris it's great um uh this is when teversat and lashrac leave and uh christina goes and does a bunch of things 
and uh, then Freilis goes to cast the world spell and end the Ice Age and try and reverse the effects of the devastating Silex Blast. There, stage set. You're welcome. All right, now let's reverse <laughs> back and actually set the stage. All right, so there are two major nations uh, during the Ice Age. There's Keldor, which is uh, sort of kingdoms and castles in the snow. Uh, it's like they castles are- meets Vikings. Yeah, so it's all they're all Nordic inspired. Why? How did all these people suddenly become Nordic? I don't know. But um, maybe, you know, there was a planar portal that we don't know about to Kaldheim. Who knows? Uh, or Kaldheim was in the shard. We don't know. <laughs> Kaldheim sort of is a shard by itself. That's a whole thing. This is just ignore me. Um, so Keldor is led by King Darien. Uh, then we have Balduvia. So Balduvia is more like the nomadic Vikings. So while Kjeldor has settled in the valleys, does whatever agriculture they can do in the cold, uh, the Balduvians are basically just raiders. Um, they live in the mountains, in the mountain passes, uh, and they are led by a, uh, the, their most powerful chief is a woman named Lovisa Coldeyes. So at the time, there are a few major things to talk about in the the world of the Ice Age in Dominaria, uh, on Teresier at least. Um, to the far west of Teresier is Latnam, uh, which is where a uh, basically where where Joda has lived this whole time. Uh, the school of uh, the city of shadows has become the school of the unseen. Uh, it is a a powerful wizard school, probably one of the the most powerful in the world at this point. Um, Keldor controls three major cities. These are built on the ruins of Brothers War cities. Uh, they control the cities of Soldev, Kjeld, which is their capital, which I believe is built on top of Storgard, and Krav. Uh, the Balduvians control these uh, the elevated um, Balduvian steppe. Uh, there are like orcs and goblins and stuff in the Carplusan Mountains. Uh, to the south, there is Findhorn, uh, which is a forest that was born from the ruins of Argoth, which is the island, uh, the nature island that was destroyed by Urza in the Silex Blast. That's where most of the elves live. Um, their capital city there is Kelsinko. Uh, then you've got the Adarkar Wastes. This is what used to be the, the Great Desert in Teresier, where the Falaji lived. Uh, now it's just kind of an empty wasteland of tund- frozen tundra. Uh, but just past it is a relatively new forest you might have heard of, Yavamaya, uh, which is just starting to grow. It hasn't become sentient or anything yet. Uh, it is home to some elves transplanted from Findhorn and possibly elsewhere in the world. Uh, and these elves are also Allosaurus riders, which is uh, just a ridiculously cool thing of elves riding dinosaurs. And sometimes they turn into giant uh, demons with lifelink and flying that you can pay seven life and draw seven cards. No, Bacris. Squirt bottle. Ah, competitive magic jokes on our story podcast. <laughs> so uh, the last place I want to mention is Limdul's Keep. So Limdul is a Keldoran deserter who uh, stumbles upon these ruins in the snow 
and it turns out to be the ruins of the Conclave of Mages, which I have mentioned already is the ruins of the Monastery of Gix. Uh, there he finds a ring. This ring contains the spirit of Mersil. Uh, so Mersil had this ring uh, that his mind or spirit or whatever was was contained in. And when uh, Limdul put on the ring, the two of them kind of fused uh, and he became Limdul the Necromancer. Uh, so <clears throat> Limdul starts to create this zombie empire. Uh, he ends up having a bargain with Lashrak where he will raise a zombie army for Lashrak to conquer another world. We're getting oh. to where Lorelai was talking about when Lashrak left. But but like conquer, you mean like tea parties and stuff, right? Like yes, nice conquering. Yes. Undead, undead tea parties. Not, for not sure. like murder everyone and rule as a king of necromancy, right? Definitely not. Okay. So this is this is this is the point where we get into both the Ice Age comics, which we've talked about a bit. We're not going to talk about Jahul Carthalian who fights <laughs> Lashrak. There's, Jail's great. there's a lot of weirdness. There's <laughs> there's there's like um, yeah, Jail wins a coin flip to defeat a planeswalker is what happens. Uh, yeah. Not even so. Joking. The fall of Starguard. The fall of Starguard is like the Ice Age number one comic, mm -hmm. and then two through two is the um, I think two is the summit of the Null Moon, um, and then like three and four is Jahul uh, versus like Lashrak and and Tevish Zai. I, I believe so. I believe Jail is just um, three or uh, just four, so, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, so he is a descendant. Jahul is a descendant of Jason Carthalian. Yeah, the the, the Jail comic also has world spell stuff going on at the same time. Yeah, so there's there's like the the two stories don't quite line up because of the way they do some things. Um, so there's a little bit of wobbly continuity here. Uh, but the novel is the definitive version of events. Um, so the novel is called The Eternal Ice, and this features a Joda. Now, uh, 2000 years old, uh, almost 3000 years old, uh, he, who has been kidnapped by Limdul. Uh, the way Limdul did this is he got to one of the wizards at Joda's school. Uh, we're not going to get into this whole, the whole politics of the situation at the school. Cause that's just, that's like half an episode by itself. But anyway, he got to someone who was going to be a traitor for him, uh, who turned Joda over to him. Joda basically every few decades, uh, I forget the exact interval, needs to use this magic mirror to store, uh, to like not have the weight of time overwhelm him because he's just a mortal person who's living forever and 2000 years of memory will do that to you. So he uses this magic mirror to kind of write himself on, an, uh, on a regular basis. So while he was doing the spell, uh, the mirror was taken and he was kidnapped and he basically has amnesia. Uh, and he does research for Limdul into ways to defeat planeswalkers because Limdul is not happy with his uh, bargain with Lashrak. He doesn't actually want to work for Lashrak. Uh, Joda notices while he's working on this one day that one of the scribes assigned to him by Limdul is reading like romance novels on the job instead of redoing the research she's supposed to be doing. And she's like, you don't remember me, do you? And he's like, no, 
And she's like, I'm Jaya Ballard, and I'm here to rescue you. So this is our introduction to Jaya, is that she is pretending to be a cleric, uh, or pretending to be a scribe, but really reading romance novels while she tries to figure out a way to get Joda out of Limdul's uh, situation here. Uh, the two have been friends for a while, ever since Joda caught Jaya uh, breaking into his office. Uh, years back and he was so impressed that this woman who barely knew any magic could break into his office and try and steal from him and almost get away with it he's like do you want a place in my wizard school <laughs> and she said no but they they stayed friends yeah uh, so jaya just be such a scamp that your scampiness impresses an immortal wizard it's great it's, I mean, honestly, this is one of the best meet cute, like, not, they're not in a, they're not romantically involved, but this is one of the best, like, character meets in, in magic. Um, so Jaya tries to get Joda out, uh, but things don't go their way, and she ends up needing to call in a favor from Freyalise, because she helped uh, some elves a while back and was given a charm where she could ask for a favor. Uh, Freyalise agrees, but she wants a favor in return, which we don't learn about what it is just yet. Uh, Joda and Jaya go on an adventure to discover who betrayed him, get his mirror back. He ends up getting his groove back uh, once he gets the mirror. Uh, and they discover Limdul's plan, uh, which is to use the Kildoran and Balduvian's fervent nationalism against each other uh, in order to stoke animosity and so uh, basically Limdul is attacking Kildoran and Balduvian villages, killing everyone, reanimating them, uh, and then blaming the other side for the slaughter. Um, <clears throat> he ends up, there's a, there's a general called uh, General Stromgald, uh, who he ends up reanimating, uh, and ha Stromgald goes to the military of Kildor, who's not happy with King Darien, um, and basically gives a make Kildor great again speech. Uh, all of these fervent nationalists in the military are like, yeah, yeah, we should slaughter all these Balduvians. And he's like, great, no, everyone drink your wine. And they're like, yeah. And they all drink their wine and they all die. Uh, <laughs> and Limdul reanimates I'm, like... I'm sorry, but you did a voice there, and we're going to clip this and save this forever, because I appreciate you. It was a good <laughs> moment. But it's, it's, this is one of my favorite moments in Magic, is where the, um, the, the, the nationalist fascist literally has all these people drink the Kool-Aid, and they all die. It's just, it's one of the best moments in magic ever. Jaya is there and witnesses all this going down, like in Kjeld, in, in the major city. And she runs back to Joda and the two of them get King Darien out just in time to save his life from all these now undead military forces coming after him. Uh, and so this, this group ends up becoming the Stromgald Cabal, by the way. They'll matter again a little bit later. Uh, what's left of, what's left of the loyal, Kildoran forces, which includes uh, another general called uh, a woman named Varchild. Um, they rally their forces, and Joda and Jaya basically bring them to the Balduvians and Lavisa Cold Eyes uh, and forge a truce as they reveal what Limdul's up to. Uh, there's a whole final battle. Joda is just about to defeat Limdul, um, and Lashrak appears, cuts off Limdul's hand that has Marisol's ring on it. It, that falls into the snow, 
and disappears with Limdul, never to be seen again. Um, no, I'm just kidding. They go to Chandelar. So basically what happened is uh, Limdul was expecting uh, – Limdul was supposed to be raising a zombie army for Lashrak to conquer Chandelar with. Uh, the army goes to hell. This happens in both versions, both the comic and in the novel. Uh, and Lashrak gets frustrated and just brings Limdul with him. But without an army, Lashrak doesn't have an easy time in Chandelar. We've talked about Chandelar semi-recently. We're not going to get into what happens uh, with Limdul there. I don't know. Maybe. But I, I don't think we did because I think uh, we we're just talking about Dominaria. But if people really want like a detailed write-up of everything that happens with Limdul, I read this like awesome article. It must have been years ago. Um, oh, man. It was speculating about who the Raven Man is. It was written by uh, this couple, Jay and Ellie. Um, they write like really what a great weirdo. articles. What, what a weirdo. Uh, well, it was two people. So it, one person could not write that article on their own. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> and so it's uh, it's pretty good, though. It's all about the Raven Man. Yeah. Goes real into detail about all the, the Leshrac and Limdul stuff. So then once all that happens, uh, Freyalise shows up again. She's been pestering Jaya throughout this whole thing. Turns out what Freyalise wanted in exchange for her help was access to Latinam's archives because she wanted to learn a certain spell. She wanted to learn how to use these portals that Joda uses to teleport around. And she wanted to use, uh, she wanted to learn basically the Blair of Doom. Um, there's a, there's a whole other Ice Age side story where Baron, a character from the Phyrexian invasion, uh, learns the, the Blair of Doom, which is basically the spell behind the Silex. Uh, that's what he uses in the card Obliterate. So Freyalise lo- learns the spell, and <laughs> so her solution... I, w- I was about to make a snarky joke about, oh, why didn't she just go to the Biblioplex on Arcavios that has every spell? We're a couple centuries too early for that to exist, so... Yeah, uh, no Biblioplex <laughs> yet. <laughs> uh, yep, I uh, I lore-nerded my way out of making a joke, so that's, that's maybe a first <laughs> that has ever happened. So Freyalise uh, has a solution for the Ice Age. Uh, basically, all the scientists in, uh, and all the wizards and whoever in the Ice Age, all the artificers, inst- I should say artificers instead of scientists, uh, have determined that if left unchecked, the Ice Age is just going to make the world completely uninhabitable um, unless it's fixed. Freyalise decides that uh, in response to this, the equivalent of a magical nuclear bomb that caused the Ice Age, she's going to nuclear bomb her way out of an Ice Age. So what the world spell is, is she casts basically the same explosion, but diffuses it through all of Joda's portals um, and ends up restoring the equilibrium, although it certainly causes issues when we get to time spiral. It's like it's like the magical version of defeating um oh, oh, an evil wizard by saying his name backwards, right? Like that that's kind of what the world spell is. I was just thinking the only way to to beat a bad guy with a magical nuke is a good guy with a magical nuke just in reverse because that's how that works. Yeah. There, there are no good guys with magical nukes. 
All right. So other fun Karn notable stuff about the Ice Age exists. What are you talking about? <laughs> other fun notable uh, notable stuff about the Ooh, Ice Zer? Age. Put Zer on here. Yeah, Great. go ahead. Talk about Zer. <laughs> uh, Zer is a kooky wizard uh, who was searching for immortality in, uh, I believe, in the Attacar wastes, um, and uh, had had lured a bunch of magicians away from um, Keldor, um, and was a huge menace. Uh, and has no on-screen death, and was looking for immortality. We talked, I mentioned him when Ethan was on last week. Zer can still be out there, and I think that's cool as hell. I think there's a fairly recent, um, flavor text of him, isn't there? Yeah. Let me just, let me just check real quick. Oh, yeah, so the new, the newest Zuran orb from Modern Horizons 2 had Joda giving a quote saying, Obsession is Zer's one flaw as a magic user. His total preoccupation with immortality has become an affliction for his otherwise brilliant mind. Yeah. Uh, so the other, uh, we already talked a little bit about Merit Lage. We've talked a lot about Merit Lage uh-huh. on this podcast. She exists. It's never her. Um, there's, a, there's an order of druids called the Juniper Order. So the Juniper Order is made up of, like, human druids and elves from uh, Findhorn at the time. Uh, They end up moving somewhat to Yavimaya, if I recall correctly. Uh, But they're, like, the first example of, like, uh, Kildoran civilization and elf civilization. So, like, these human and elf civilizations coming together in a partnership over common ground, uh, which is just just a very neat little lore thing that's happening there. Uh, also, the druids, the the Carthalians, end up uh, intermarrying with this um, this lineage of high druids. So, several of the Carthalians are the high druids of this mm-hmm. order, uh, essentially. I, so, it's worth mentioning. Uh, yeah, Jael is, uh, I believe, in the Juniper order. Yeah, and then Jared is born. Jared Carthalian, who has the Planeswalker deck, uh, the the Commander deck, uh, is also has the mark of the high druid um and yeah so then after the world spell happens we get into what's called the flood ages so the flood ages are basically all the snow is melting but water go back uh, in ocean now water water (laughs) go yeah well the issue is the water levels are rising again and all of a sudden all this habitable land is no longer habitable because that's what happens when the ocean levels rise Hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, That's a bad thing, people. If if you didn't know that was a bad thing, that's a bad thing. Look, you're just jealous that I live in beachfront property. Exactly. So um, what happens is the Kildorans and the Balduvians kind of switch fortunes, whereas the Kildorans were kind of the wealthy ones. uh, They had everything they needed. They had built in these low-lying areas that were flooding rather heavily. And the Balduvians, they were in these higher villages that were doing just fine, and all of a sudden... Uh, we're in the middle of these super fertile valleys. Um, so this causes a great deal of issue with the latent nationalist rhetoric going on. Um, and then, so there's a lot more Balduvian and Kildoran infighting again. Uh, and this brings us to alliances, both the set alliances and the novel, the shattered alliance, which takes place about 20 years after the world spell, after what we just talked about. Uh, Jaya comes to Joda and mentions that uh, brings Limdul's hand 
or I think I, some piece of the limb duel that was left behind being like, the ring is gone. They never recovered Mersel's ring from when Limdul's hand got chopped off and someone is under his control. So they basically go through all the characters they met during the Eternal Ice, trying to figure out who it could be. Uh, they end up tracking down General Varchild, who has split off from the Kildorans because even though she was loyal to the king, she was not happy at how cozy they've gotten with the Balduvians because uh, she still has a very nationalist and militaristic mindset. Uh, it turns out not to be her. Uh, Jaya brings Joda to Soldev, where uh, a lot of artifice is happening. Ah. Arkham Dagson has unearthed a lot of devices from the Brothers War and earlier, including these big Phyrexian steam beasts, which they're put into um, awesome use. Yeah, I, I believe Soldev <laughs> is built over uh, the Caves of Koilos or nearby. Yeah, um, I, I think that might be what it is. And... Uh, yeah, as nothing ever goes wrong when you excavate Phyrexian technology. Everything went wrong. Everything goes perfectly fine. So uh, Joda ventures down into this excavation site because they're learning about these Agnates, who are basically the Phyrexian sympathizers of the time. Dominaria has always had Phyrexian sympathizers. Uh, back during the Brothers' War, it was the Brotherhood of Gix. In the modern day, it's the Society of Mishra, uh, like the legendary card Rona. Um, so back then, it was the Soldevi Agnates. Um, Agnate means like a kind of fusion, um, which I didn't realize till I till I looked it up because of this card. Uh, so anyway, Joda and Jaya go down to explore along with this other guy. I'm not even going to bother talking about. Uh, and then. Jaya literally stabs Joda in the back once they're surrounded by the Agnates, and it's revealed she's the one Limdul has, or Marisol has taken over, uh, and that she's the one who picked up Limdul's ring all those years ago, and over the decades, uh, he his influence wormed its way into her mind, and he would make her do things without her realizing it uh, until he could seize full control, which he has. Uh, so with jaya with joda out of the way and with what she needs from him she ends up bringing all these phyrexian creatures and teleports them all to latinam and the whole city is the whole school is about to be destroyed there uh to stop her joda remembers that um Freilis put a spell on his magic mirror that we mentioned after the world spell because while casting the world spell, she sensed a planeswalker spark in the group. Well, Joda has been pretty sure it's not him this whole time. Freya least was sure it's him, but he's pretty sure it's Jaya. And he feels like the only way to save Jaya is to ignite her spark. So he uses this magic mirror with this spell designed to like kickstart a spark it's ignition. It's like the best spark story. And he like, and he like, basically he's like flying and weaving around these Phyrexians and going after Jaya. Like it's this, it's like a, it's this epic magic battle, uh, and just smashes the mirror into Jaya, uh, and it causes her spark to ignite. Um, (laughs) uh, but he also loses the mirror, uh, which is the only way he's kept his sanity over the, the years. So it's really important to note how big a sacrifice this is. Because he wants to save his friend. Uh, Jaya's spark ignites. She's able to purge Marisol's influence from herself. Uh, And 
she casts a spell on Joda to basically be the equivalent of using the mirror. So he never has to use the mirror anymore. With her, So with her new found Convenient. planeswalker powers, she heals him. It's very nice. Uh, in the midst of all this, we meet Lothar Lovisa's son, who is Lovisa's son, uh, and Princess Alexandrite, who is the daughter of King Darien. These two get married. And this is the foundation of New Argive, which is a modern day um, country on Dominaria, uh, eventually. So basically, modern Argivians look back at this union as being the beginning of New Argive. But it's not like, at the time, they're not like, oh, this is a new country. It's just like, oh, well, we're finally, our, our peoples are finally united. It's It's this, like political union where it's like oh yes our families are now one family in our separate kingdoms but eventually it becomes the same thing anyway and then we cut forward wait wait, wait hold up oh, i'm God. sorry i just found something in this this filing cabinet over here uh someone just left this whole file of of lore uh from the ice age it's just been sitting here for like 15 years Oh my god. <laughs> so that is how the set Cold Snap was marketed to us. That is not how Cold Snap was actually designed. Cold Snap was designed was like I think the the first phase design was like 3 weeks and then they had time for development, but it was put together very quickly. Yeah, we talked about it a little uh, bit last week when Ethan was on. It takes place two years after alliances, so not a lot of time has passed. You know, we jumped 2,000 years, then 500 years, then 20 years, and now we're only jumping two years. So it's all the same characters. Anyone who's alive is still alive. Um, and what happens is a cult of uh, a cult of ice wizards called the Cult of Rhymewind decides they want to bring the Ice Age back because their way of life is dying. So Hydar, the leader of this group, uh, cuts deals with what's left of the Stromgald Cabal that I mentioned earlier. You know, those undead Kildoran militant nationalists. Uh, so with their leader, Hakon, who is the, uh, I guess, whoever's left. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. With Limduagon and Stromgald himself having been killed or destroyed years ago. He's he's the zombie guy in charge. Uh he ends up getting in a battle with the um, Argivians and fights the king to a standstill. Uh, Garza Zol, a vampire who has taken over Krav because uh, Krav is in this particularly swampy area after the Flood Ages. And there's a lot of disease and this vampire basically just swoops in and takes over the whole city. <laughs> um with some of her forces, and they just have a feast on the people that are left in poor crop. That's just good girl bossing right there. Uh, the cult Hydar also uh, ends up finding um, more Frexian stuff as things dethaw, and he learns, he sees uh, power stones in like a vision and uh, uses ice magic to reproduce them. So he creates what are called cold steel hearts. And these are basically the same thing as the power stones, except, you know, they're made of ice instead of crystal. Um, I guess ice is a crystal. Ice, so made ice out is of, literally a crystal lattice, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, so he uses that to power these Phyrexian devices. So between the Stromgald Cabal, these Phyrexian war machines, and Garzazal's forces, like, it looks like he's going to win. 
Uh, Lavisa Cold Eyes gets killed trying to fight them. Um, what ends up happening is, I believe Hakan gets defeated. I don't quite recall that bit. I know Garza Zal ends up turning on him and sending an assassin after Hydar because uh, she sees what happens with like Hakon and she reads the writing on the wall with these Phyrexian devices and she's like, the moment he doesn't need me, he's coming after me. It looks like we're about to win. Let me just kill him. Uh, well, they do that just as Yavamaya shows up. Uh, so Yavamaya, along with the combined forces of Balduvia and Keldor, are able to uh, push them back um, once the... Once Hydar and like the na- the the cold mages are defeated, the Phyrexians are really the reanimated Phyrexian devices are really easy to destroy, and that's the end, the last gasp of the Ice Age. Gosh, this is crazy because this is like this was one of our first topics. Mm-hmm. This was episode two was the history of the Ice Age, but it has been so long that it was worth going over again. I mean, it was only a few weeks ago that we did a rehash of episode one. So, yeah, just, I mean, it's great yeah. going back to Dominaria for real. All right. So uh, with that, does anyone want, want to say anything else about the Ice Age? Can you tell me when exactly the Planeswalker War ended? Planeswalker War is much that that kind of thing takes place uh, much later. That's like a, okay. that's year, a few years before the Phyrexian invasion which is like a thousand, uh, almost, yeah, a thousand years later after the Ice Age. For some reason, I thought it happened, like it started at the summit of the Null Moon, but who knows? Uh, no, a, a lot of the, so because the Armada comics utilize like a lot of the same characters, um, a lot of the, the Planeswalkers at the summit of the Null Moon are involved in the Planeswalker War. Although I think it is just... Lushrak, Tevisa, and Freilis? It's Freilis? Part- I don't think Freilis... Is no, she? Freilis isn't part of the Planeswalker War. Then it's just Lushrak and Tevisa. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's, technically it's those Rabidel, two. But Yeah. Since he's Sandrew, the one who starts the whole thing. Who's a Minotaur uh, Planeswalker. Yeah. Anyway, that's not worth, it's not worth getting into that whole thing. But no, you, you, you can be forgiven, Chris, because the... The Armada comics jump all over the place with these same characters and these storylines that are like centuries and thousands of years apart. Yeah, there's there's a lot that happens in this like early age of magic lore. And I'm glad we had Ethan on last week to like talk about all of the weird sources you have to go mm-hmm. through to really know everything that happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, like uh, some of these details from Cold Snap are in um, the... Uh, the, they're in like the, the player's guide yeah, the, the yeah. precon deck inserts um which is like where we get the zur details um i mentioned that story about uh galena the third uh fleeing bodalia i believe that is from a duelist story i don't remember where that short so, story was published. something like that i mentioned but, yeah. i mentioned um I mentioned Baron and the Blair of Doom story. That is from one of the anthology novels. Yeah. So there's stuff like that. It's all over the place. Um, this whole setting, I mean, this clearly wanted to be Viking world. It's just before they moved on and did other worlds. Yeah. Like this could have been call time back in the day. Um, I'm glad it isn't because it created some of my favorite characters of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, this is why we get a whole lot of very Nordic sounding names 
in magic that appear here and then kind of just disappear again. Well, right. And <laughs> it's kind of funny. And so early magic was like, well, we have this world called Dominaria. Let's just put more things here. So Dominaria in early magic gets uh, ancient, ancient robot war set and then in antiquities and then gets uh, climate change set and fallen empires and religious crusade set in the dark and then Viking set in ice age and uh, then we finally get out of that uh, year and go into Mirage, which is now like um, uh, African set. And it's just a mess. These would all be individual worlds these days. But uh, they they all got set on Dominaria, which is why Dominaria has such eclectic world building. And it has so much stuff to cover, right? Like, you know, a single Dominaria set can never be what everyone wants it to well, be. Well, right? Like Because everyone no, has different favorite stuff, right? right? Some people want Odyssey and Onslaught. Some people want Invasion there. Well, stuff, and so. it's just that, like, look, when we inevitably go back to Ravnica for a fourth time, hey, guess what? We're still going to probably be in the 10th district with the same 10 guilds who have, like, half the guild leaders are the same as they've always been. Like, it, it's a lot of the same stuff and the same characters in the same places. Whereas in Dominaria, it's just so many proper nouns. <laughs> it really is. It's it's proper noun plain. Although Ravnica is pretty close. To, like, like, I've been... I've I've been doing a project where I've been going through all the different planes and like capturing proper nouns and Ravnica could give Dominaria a run for its so the, money. So the big thing with Ravnica is if you put a guild aligned legendary character in a set, you now have to make nine more. Yep. So there's just so <laughs> many legends. Um and uh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's move on to final thoughts. My final thought is my final thought is I am very excited for the thing that you should definitely check my Twitter about because I can't talk about it at the time of recording right now, but I can talk about it uh, by the time the podcast publishes. Very, very excited. I will talk about it in detail next time I'm on the podcast. Um, uh, I don't think I have a fancy final thought today other than that summer is bullshit and the worst season and I can't wait till it's over and I can wear my leather jacket again. My final thought is that I agree with Lorelai that uh, we only like summer because we grew up getting it off in school and it's, it's a trash uh, season. So winter is the best. Thank you. And climate change has just made it so much worse. Like I'm thinking about when I was a kid in this same climate, in the same state uh, versus my son this summer. And it has been so hot so often compared to like me, me as a kid. Like it was not. You know, we did not have a week of 90 degree temperatures like several times over the course of the summer. Like that was no, that didn't happen. Well, Jay, that's because you grew up during the Ice Age. We've already covered this. You were friends with Joda and Jaya and all them. You're right. You're right. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, My final thought is, um, you know, this episode's like an hour long of recording and I have to edit it again. And it's not going to be like last week when we had like an hour and 15 minute long episode. So my final thought is that I'm done. That's my thought. <laughs> All <laughs> right. You two are done. No, no, no segues. <laughs> if you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash the Vorthos cast. Everyone who supports us get access to our discord community where Vorthos is from around the world are getting excited about Dominara United. It's a great set with a great story and great characters. I can't wait to talk more about it. 
But if you want to be uh, around other people like you who are excited about magic lore and characters and story and art, and I don't know, sometimes we actually talk about playing the game on there, uh, that Discord server is going to be an excellent place to hang out for as little as a dollar a month. It could be a place where you hang out too. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.